supporting you in your dog parenting journey. The Dynamic Dog Owner with Debbie Potter. Hello and welcome to the first edition of The Dynamic Dog Owner. I am so excited to be launching my brand new podcast and discussing all things dog. I have worked with dogs for the last eight years um, and I've helped numerous families and owners to feel more successful in their dog parenting journey. My aim for this podcast is to support as many people as possible in their canine parenting journey. I'm a wife, mum, currently have three retrievers, so I really do understand the struggles of and of juggling everyone's needs in a busy family and in daily life. Over the first few episodes, we are going to be focusing on providing some top tips about helping you to be as confident in your journey as possible. I'm going to introduce me, my dogs, the business and what we do. So this first episode is about how you can have a more positive outlook on your journey as a dog parent. Often we forget that there's people at the end of the dog lead um, and it's not just about training our dogs but it is a more about us building a relationship with our dogs. So let's dive straight into it. How can we be more positive? Um, first things first, everybody struggles with their dogs at some point, whether it's with one little thing or numerous things, everyone does. As people in general, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves in life, in work, in expectations. We set the bar really high and in turn, we also do this with our dogs. The pressure to, for us to be a really good dog owner, but also the pressure we then put into our dogs because we want them to be the best they can be and we ex have such high expectations. Naturally, then, because we've set really high expectations, we feel bad when we don't meet them or if we make a goal and we don't stick to it. I recently made myself a post-holiday goal. I've not stuck to it. So it's normal. We've got pressure from our families, from friends, from the public to have the perfect dog. But my question is always, what is the perfect dog? I have three dogs and I'll tell you all about them in one of the future episodes, all different ages. And they all have areas they struggle with or things they found difficult. It used to really bother me. I used to get really embarrassed I used to have a lot of expectation that my dogs had to be well behaved. So with my first dog especially, who is quite a noisy boy, I stopped taking him to classes. Dave's a big, full-on character. I felt like I would be judged by taking him to classes at my own dog training school. But over the last few years, as he's mellowed, as I've grown in confidence, my mindset changed. I assumed in the past that people would think, how on earth is she a good dog trainer? <laughs> she must be terrible because her own dog isn't perfect. But over the last few years, especially um, after COVID and doing a lot more online support and coaching, I've realised that a general dog owner coming to a trainer, people like the fact that I am not perfect. <laughs> My dogs are not perfect. I am me. I am real. My dogs are real. They're not robots. And the more real I am and honest I am with the struggles that I overcome with my dogs, the more relatable I am to the average dog owner. So my dogs are not perfectly well behaved, but they are perfect for me. And that's the most important thing. If we liken it life to dog training, when we go into dog training class, we know that we have to set really low expectations and we build up and 
build on small successes to carry on with our dogs. Um, and then we know eventually they're going to reach that goal if we keep chipping away. But in life, we don't tend to do that to ourselves. We don't say, right, I'm going to start here. I'm going to gradually get better at it. We get a dog and expect that everything's going to be perfect right now. And that's just not going to happen. <laughs> so one of the most important and most things that make a really good impact with life with a dog is as owners having a positive outlook, setting ourselves realistic targets, which is easier said than done, having a positive, proactive approach to life with our dogs, not just training, but living with them day to day. So today's podcast, we're going to be sharing my top tips to help you feel more positive. We tend to think of training as being something we do to our dog to get success and to get a well-behaved dog. But actually, it's not something we do to our dog. It's an activity we undertake together to form a better relationship, to understand each other and therefore to grow in skill. So it's a fun activity to share. The most important aspect is you. So let's focus on you guys today. So my top tips, number one, is limit negative vibes. It's so easy to let other people drag us down. They tell us about the negatives, the bad things, and we then see the negatives and they become all consuming. We focus on that negative. Whether that be your family and friends, they might moan at you about what your dog does. You know, every time I come around your house, your dog jumps at me. Oh, I can't eat in your house because your dog barks and drools on my trousers. It makes you feel rubbish. And often what happens then is that things you go, well, I don't mind that. I'm not bothered if my dog drools on my trousers while I eat. Because other people highlight them, they bring them to the forefront of your mind and you go, well, maybe that is a problem. And of course, some people will highlight it to you to say, did you know, I think you could probably improve this. This isn't quite normal. Some people will maybe be really trying to help and support you and just point it out and say, I've got a tip that might be able to help. But others will literally just be moaning about your dog. Um, they may not be dog people. We've all got people in our lives who don't love our dogs as much as we do. Um, <laughs> I, I do too. You know, everyone does. So some people are going to try and give you encouragement, constructive criticism. Other people are just going to moan. And what does that do? Is that helpful to us and our training and our life with our dog? Absolutely not. Those people are going to encourage you to focus on the negatives, the bad points, bring those to the forefront rather than those little bits of progress that you see each day and go, oh, actually, we've made really good progress. They're likely to make you feel deflated and unsuccessful and make you feel like you're not making the progress that you thought you were. It's not always going to be possible, but if you can, let's try and limit these situations, these negative vibes. Let's put ourselves in a situation where we're going to succeed and feel positive. And that may be that these people who do make you feel bad about your dog or the progress you're making, we create situations where we're not necessarily avoiding the problem, but we're avoiding those negativities. So that may be that if you've got a friend who isn't keen on your dog, rather than them coming to your house and moaning, go to their house instead. Leave your dog at home where your dog's happy. Let's avoid the situation. Let's go to their house. They haven't got to enjoy your dog if they don't like it. They haven't got to deal with the drool and the slobber or anything else it is they don't like or the jumping up. You are then helping yourself to be positive by limiting that negativity. If the situation isn't there, you aren't going to feel negative. 
So it may be if it's a friend you go out to a coffee with or you go out for a walk with. And again, they don't like your dog. They moan about the fact that it pulls on the lead and it, it doesn't recall when you're out or whatever it may be. They just aren't into dogs. Leave your dog at home. Go out together. There's nothing wrong with leaving your dog at home to avoid a situation happening, quite simply, and create a more positive environment for you. And it may be if you can't avoid that person coming to your house, whether they be a grandparent coming over or a babysitter or a window cleaner or a hairdresser, whatever it may be, we can take our dog out of that situation. Arrange for your dog to be elsewhere when that person visits. Not necessarily for that person's benefit. You know, it's your house. They're welcome. The dogs, if they're coming into your house, that dog's house is theirs. They're welcome there. But to avoid you having to deal with that situation. So classic example, um, I have a hairdresser that comes to my house. Lara, she's amazing. She's wonderful. She's been cutting our hair for me and my girl's hair for, oh, probably about 10 years now. And she's met all my dogs come through as puppies and she's tolerated them all. And they all have their little quirks. But two of them just cannot stand the fact that I am in the kitchen with the gate shut and they're not allowed in. So is it an enjoyable situation for me? Is it a nice working environment for Lara if my dogs are there getting stressed? Absolutely not. I get a little bit stressed. I can't enjoy my hairdressing experience, which is supposed to, as you ladies and gents, if you have your hair cut, should be a nice, calming, relaxing time. If it's not then what's the point? You know, you pay to have your hair done to make you feel good about yourself. I don't want to come out of that situation feeling negative. So I always arrange to have my hair cut when my husband's home, he takes the dogs out. So the dogs get a really nice long walk. They're happy. He's happy. I'm happy and relaxed at home. Limiting those negative thoughts, negative vibes from other people will help you to remain positive. The second tip is to find your tribe. We've talked about the negatives and the people who drag you down or make you feel not so good about your journey. But what about those people that absolutely raise you up? Your cheerleaders, your supporters, the people who go, God, I saw that. You've made so much progress. Did you notice? Have you seen how much progress your dog's making? Those people are the ones you want to surround yourself with. Trying to find a community of supportive dog lovers who understand your struggles, appreciate what you're going through, have been there and done that. They recognise your efforts, support you when it's going bad, help you out, give you tips. And most importantly, they celebrate your wins. Those type of people are going to boost you up and they're going to be invaluable for you to have a positive mindset and therefore, in turn, success with your dog. So find people who make you feel good. Make a little list. Who makes me feel good about my efforts with my dog, being around my dog, who supports you, who inspires you, who really cheers you on. That could be your friends, family members. It could be someone, a dog owner you meet down the park who says, oh, well done. I've really noticed that your dog's pulling a lot less on the lead recently. You must have been working on it really hard. Whether it be social media accounts, you know, both individual people and trainers, Follow supportive social media accounts who want to give support and advice and boost you and help you out. Um, you could find books, blogs, podcasts, a training school, a group of people who want to have a dog community, people that make you feel good about your dog and your journey. Find those people, or even if it's just one or two to begin with, 
How can they help you to feel more positive about your journey? Top tip number three is it's your home, it's your decision. <laughs> Remember, it is your home. What, say, what you say goes. You are the only one to set your goals and your expectations for you and your dog. There is no right and there is no wrong. I would say as long as you're happy and you fully understand your choices, that's all that matters. Whether you want your dog to sleep downstairs, sleep on your bed, they're allowed on the sofa, they aren't, it's your decision, it's your house. So if someone comes to your house and moans that your dog's sleeping on the sofa, they don't live there. My choice, my dog sleeps here. Don't let someone tell you that you shouldn't be doing it that way. Um, that's bad. They should be in maybe educating you this is why I would suggest it's not amazing but have you tried doing it this way um so that's again important if your lead work isn't perfect but it's perfect for you then it's perfect if you aren't ready or comfortable to let your dog off the lead again that's cool no one can tell you when you should or shouldn't let your dog off the lead you need to feel comfortable with it so don't let other people's goals and expectations become yours. I am the first to tell people my dogs rarely go off the lead in public because I'm just not comfortable with it um, for many, many reasons. I'll go into it another day, um, another podcast, another episode. Um, but I, I'm, I do have my own expectations. And just because everybody else is doing it or doing it one way or another, it doesn't mean you have to do it that way. Top tip number four. Find the good things. Naturally, people, we are drawn down to the negatives. We find the things we're not happy about, the things we want to change, the things that went bad. We forget to look at the good. So rather than going, oh, my dog's terrible on the lead. Oh, they pull. Oh, they chew the sofa. Focus on what your dog can do and what they do well. The successes you've already had, the things that you are happy with. It's against our natural instinct. Most people find it really hard to focus on those positives. So find the positives and celebrate those wins. That will help you feel more motivated to make other changes to help you achieve more goals. Every time you think of something negative about your dog, your relationship, something you're doing together, try and reframe it into a positive thought. How can I spin a positive light on this? Okay. It's again, they're not easy, these, these tips, but they will really help. Top tip number five and our final tip for today um, is small, achievable, small, measurable, achievable goals. SMAG, it's a nice little um, acronym. So I believe that training is a journey. Life is about a journey, not the destination. Sit back and enjoy the ride. If we focus on destinations and end goals, we often get quite tunnel visioned and we focus on one thing and one thing only. We forget about all the other things that are going on either side of that tunnel. Um, and when we reach the end of it, we're still not happy. So hence our journey isn't tunnel vision. There's lots of little paths that go off. Our journey is ever evolving. There's always little wins and things going on and steps along the way to our end destination, whatever that is. Focus on each step of the journey. This can be achieved by setting small, achievable goals. So firstly, they help you to focus on the activities that will get you to your end goal. 
And secondly, they help you to look back and reflect on your achievements, which is really hard to do. (laughs) So on your negative days, when you're feeling a little bit dragged down or you've had a bad walk with your dog, you can have a little look at your positives and go, wow, actually, we've already achieved so much. We have done well. Yes, we've had a minor step back today, but we've done really well. So you've got a list of things that you know you've achieved. So a little task that I'd like you all to do, if you're up for it. So go and buy yourself a really pretty notebook. Have a page for a week. Put the week um, date on the top of the bit of paper. And write down a list of things that your dog's amazing at or that you're feeling good about. Um, Things they can do right now. You might have just taught them a really good trick. Um, They might have just been toilet trained. They may have learned how to fetch. They may seem insignificant, but they're all achievements. They're all things that your dog couldn't do and they can now. Aim for 10 if you can. It might be hard if you can get five, but really think long and hard about it. Don't rush it. So grab yourself a cup of tea or whatever it is and go and find a quiet spot. Um, Stare at your dog while they're sleeping and looking cute. But think about 10 things if you can. It may be challenging, but write down those 10 tiny things that they can do, that they have already achieved, that make you smile, whatever it may be. After you've done that, I'd also like you to write down something that you wish your dog could do. It may be something, again, a massive task, like I want them to not pull on the lead. It may just be, I'd really like them to master the trick we've just been working on. We've been working on a spin and they're not quite there. Then... This is the important bit. What one thing, just one tiny thing, can you do over the next week that's going to help you reach that end goal? So tiny, tiny thing. Um, It could be, for example, if it's lead pulling, um, it may be, well, this week, we're going to dedicate one minute a day to lead work training. You've got a little small goal that's achievable. There's no point saying, oh, we're going to spend an hour a day training because realistically every single day of every single week have you got an hour to focus on training about lead work probably not so one minute one minute over the week is going to be more successful than anything else um so little example say think i'm say i'm thinking about my youngest dog fred um things he can do um he can sleep through the night which took him a little while because he's easily startled he um he's only two so he's still learning um he can um play fetch it's a new thing. Again, he wasn't very good at bringing it back, but he can now bring things back. Um, he's feeling more confident in himself. He can do a few tricks. So he can do a spin and he can do a high 10. Um, there's a lot to talk about with Fred. So we'll focus on that in future episodes. Um, but there's a few things he can do. He can now be groomed happily. He can have his nails trimmed. He can walk through doorways, which he couldn't do before. <laughs> um, something I wish he could do. Um, would be to not bark at people or things that enter into his environment when he's startled. So my small goal for next week would, for example, be I am going to twice in the week take him to a new place where new things are going to be to help him feel more comfortable with them. It's a small goal. It's 20 minutes of my week. Um, If it's written down, A, we're holding ourselves accountable But B, we will be able to reflect on it next week when we also write down our positives and things that have happened in this week. And it could be an ever-evolving list. It doesn't have to be 10 things every week. But it's a really nice way of us feeling more positive, but also having that little bit of accountability to ourselves to be able to reflect. 
Hopefully those top five tips have been really useful for you and um, to help you feel more positive with your journey. If you've got any feedback or any, you want to share your um, points, your good points, your bad points and your goal for next week, I would absolutely love to hear them. Drop me a message on social media. Hopefully you have enjoyed this first episode. It's been really great producing it. I'm really excited about our future episodes. If you have enjoyed it, don't forget you can subscribe so that you get a notification for the next episode. You can also leave a rating or a review and I'd be really grateful to hear your feedback. Thank you for listening to The Dynamic Dog Owner with me, Debbie Potter. See you next time.